Hello, everybody, and welcome to Gray Man Hiding in Plain Sight. I am Shammer. For those who followed me before, I am from Gray Man Concepts on YouTube. That channel is still there. There's a link in the show notes for you. And at the request of people, I did finally start the Gray Man Concepts Facebook page. We got a few posts up there already. And uh, one of the links we recently put up was to a book on Amazon for you to read reviews and check that out. Of course, always Google the title, see if you can find a better price somewhere else. It's called The Definitive Book of Body Language, Hiding in Plain Sight. Just kidding, it's not called Hiding in Plain Sight. The Definitive Book of Body Language is kind of your encyclopedia of basic knowledge in learning body language. It's not the be-all, end-all, but does good explaining the theory and going over different movements, body parts, postures. Uh, For example, I often ask people, what do you think it means when somebody crosses their arms and typically you're told, hey, you know, that means that they're closed off. In fact, whether or not their arms are placed left over right, right over left, where their hands are and their fingers are, each one of those things means something different. So that might be a book you want to check out. That's the first book I recommend to my students that I train as interrogators for the Department of Defense. And I think that's a book that you should check out, too, if you're interested in body language. The purpose of this show, though, goes far beyond body language. As you can see in the title there, I put a short description of the things we're going to explore. And I didn't want to make that too long, but I want to expound on that and tell you we're going to talk about other things as well, such as counter-surveillance, interrogation, counter-interrogation, counter-intelligence, all those things. What are the differences? On occasion, we may talk about certain types of intelligence disciplines or intelligence agencies, especially if they come up in the news, some article somebody finds and shares with me, we might discuss that. We'll talk about things such as neurolinguistics and IQing. We'll also discuss some privacy and security issues that may matter to you, such as your mail, how to set that up the right way, the best way to do it, different options you can have depending on how in-depth you want to go. Things such as buying property, like physical property as in real estate, and how you can protect that. Other things we'll discuss will be uh, public transportation, how to use that safely and effectively and to protect yourself and your identity. We'll talk about internet privacy. We'll also talk about phones, answering machines, apps, social media, those types of things. We'll even talk about shopping, better ways to shop to protect your privacy and make sure that you're protected for you and your family. The fun fact, too, is it's actually going with the gray man concept, as I call it. Some people call it the gray man theory, although I think concept's a better word. Understand that there are times using plastic, as in credit cards, is a better way to shop. And I'll explain to you how to do that that will actually protect your privacy. You might think that's crazy, but it actually is a a good way to go. Cash is king, but not all the time. A few of the other things that we'll cover that may come up, especially if it relates to the gray man concept of the world of intelligence, will be ongoing military conflicts. For example, we could be talking about Syria and Turkey, who are battling it out right now, the uh, new treaties under discussion with Israel and how that could affect the rest of the Middle East and what's already been done with that. The forecast of oil in the area and how that could bankrupt some countries and how this all plays in the world affairs and this does tie into intelligence and what people are after. Or we could talk about Africa and militaries looking at adding more troops or withdrawing from the Sahel region across uh, Central Africa. So those are some examples. I tend to do those as what I call area studies by region, by what's going on today and covering some historical data. That also includes things such as terrorism, terrorist groups, and extremist organizations. A lot of people have put out information on the gray man, and I really thought about it, so I went on a search, started reading articles, professional publications, different areas, looking on the entire concept of things that fall under the umbrella of the gray man, and realizing nobody knew even where that came from. Then I started watching YouTube videos, and I wasn't finding much on there. Some people do put some videos out for, you know, five minutes, maybe 20 minutes. I found one that was like 40 minutes long. The overall thing that I found was their only understanding in it was the idea of blending into your environment. And they narrowed that down to 
the clothes you wear and your appearance. And some of you went so far to say you should only wear certain colors all the time, no matter where you are, which I thought was utterly ridiculous. But I don't blame them because they weren't professional gray men. They didn't have the training. They didn't have the background. They've never done that stuff for real. So they don't completely understand it. And so that's why I decided to do this. So the gray man, gray, which I spell it with an A. If you're going to go look up other stuff, make sure you spell it with an E too. Some people spell it G-R-E-Y, which is just the British spelling. That's all it is. It doesn't mean anything. The theory is basically going gray is the blending of black and white, which is the term or the idea of blending uh, with your environment. Just understand that when it comes to appearance, it's only good for about 30 seconds. Whether you're looking at something from a distance or up close, most people have their mind somewhere else and they're constantly moving. And 30 seconds is a long time they have to look at you. And if you're not memorable at that point, then your appearance is done with. Then you're moving on to the next thing or the next interaction or whatever's going on. So realistically, the physical appearance side of blending, as far as the gray man concept goes, is maybe 5% of the entire idea. Most of it's about your everyday life, personal security, physical security, and more importantly, how you interact and communicate with people as well as listen. So the appearance has value, but it's very, very minimal. So don't stop your learning from there if you want to learn more. That being said, the idea comes from the world of espionage, essentially what you would call a spy. Spies aren't exactly what you think they are, and a lot of people think they are spies or not. It doesn't really matter. You know, people like Jason Bourne, 007, there are people that are kind of like that. Not, of course, that flashy because that's Hollywood, um, but there's not as many as you would think, and most people that would be considered a spy are not those people. The vast majority of spies are not trained professionals. They're recruited by people you would call spies, but that's where it comes from, the world of espionage. It was how to take a person from an environment and a culture, train them all these cool skills and tactics and abilities, technologies, and different things that they need to do to be, per se, a spy, which is called tradecraft. And then you put them into a new environment they've never been in, typically in a foreign country. So you're going to a foreign country. And when this stuff started, it's been going on for centuries, but when it really got going in the 20th century, there wasn't a lot of information like there is now. You know, back then people were using the Dewey Decimal System. Not too many magazines existed. We had libraries. We definitely didn't have the internet. So people learned by living abroad, living in other cultures, and bringing that information back, which eventually got developed in these programs. So these people get dropped in their cold, whether it was during a war or during peacetime, to do their operation. And they had to go in and live there with the idea of becoming a local and hiding in plain sight so nobody knew what they were really doing. You should look like you're supposed to be there. You should look like you know what you're doing. You shouldn't look lost or out of place. The other part that's often missed about the gray man is because it comes from the world of espionage, what it was really about was getting information. You had to get information from people without them knowing what you were getting or what you were doing. And that takes a lot of practice, training, and a certain amount of skill and some finesse. It's similar to the idea of what you'd call being undercover, but it's not like you see in the movies. That was the idea. You had to convince them that you were supposed to be there, that you were who you say you are, and you build the trust and you get the information you need and you're never found out. And then you take it back to wherever you got to do it. And then you move on with your life or your mission or whatever you're doing. Now, if you're wondering, that sounds cool, but how does that apply to me? Maybe it doesn't apply to you. Not everybody wants to be a spy and there's no reason to think most of you ever will be. But there are skills and techniques you can learn here. Some of this stuff is really great for people that are hiding from stalkers. It's good for people who've had to relocate during times of distress, people that are hiding from former lovers that aren't necessarily stalkers. There are victims of abuse out there that need to learn how to hide their identity and go unnoticed. Sometimes people just aren't that comfortable in large groups or they're more introverted and they want to know, how can I be more unnoticed so that I can be comfortable until that time that I want to be more outgoing or 
have more interaction with this organization or at this location. And that's what a lot of this can do. But in today's world, the stuff that I think matters to most people is going to be the privacy stuff and the privacy issues. And I'm not ever going to tell you to only listen to me. One thing I'm always going to tell you to do, your own research. That's what you need, your own research. And you learn how to research and use the internet. Part of that will be done through reading, if not the majority of it, and I will be recommending books. And occasionally I do short book reviews or tell you about a book like I did at the beginning of this one. Uh, There's a lot out there and a lot I've read, and I will tell you the good and the bad of every book that's out there and what to watch out for. The biggest thing is in this business and this type of thing, there's a lot of science behind it, but there's also a lot of belief, and a lot of the belief is based on experience. While experience is good, quite often that experience is only from a finite sector, but you can learn some wonderful things. For example you might discover that there's dozens of possible facial expressions you can make, but what most people don't realize is there's only seven that are universal across the globe. And they're the only seven you can count on until you learn something about that culture. That shouldn't be surprising, though. It's not too dissimilar than all these little things some of you may have learned over the years that we commonly do here that might be offensive in another country. There's countries where if you spit, you could get beaten, and countries where if you burp, it's a sign of respect for how good the food was. So cultural differences do play a huge part. You just have to learn them and understand them. The biggest thing about people that are professional graymen is the amount of training and practice that goes into it, but more importantly, the research. And I'll definitely give you examples of that for my training. Some of them will be from events that weren't training, but I will tell you they were training because it won't really matter. But to explain to you what it's like to go through that process, to give you an example, for those of you who have watched the Jason Bourne movies, which I enjoy them, I see a lot of stuff in there just like military movies where I'm like that's not real but I like movies so I find them entertaining there are things about that that are realistic to the training there's even a documentary that covers it with some former uh, CIA officers that discuss the realism of certain aspects of what he's able to do but what they don't do in a movie because it's a movie you only got a couple hours you don't want to bore the audience is show you the amount of report writing and research that goes in that just to do the overall mission he planned in the very beginning. If you remember, he was going to assassinate that leader. He went and lived in France. He set up the business, had something to do with boats, and that's how he gets connected to the guy. And that would take months of planning, hundreds, possibly thousands of pages of reports that he would write, uh, along with the team of people that would help him. Even if they just showed a couple minutes of that covering time and him doing paperwork and seeing it was boring, might change the entire aspect of the movie and probably a lot of people wouldn't have finished it. It is boring, a lot of what goes into it professionally. On my live show on YouTube one time, one of the guys said to me, this seems like if you live this lifestyle, it'd be very lonely and very boring. And I said, yes, if you really tried to do this, if you wanted to go balls to the wall and be a full-fledged gray man, it would be lonely and it would be boring. So if you think about any movie you've seen out there, whether it was a famous movie or a B-rated movie, and you get this guy and he's like an ex- special operations soldier or some kind of intel guy and he's living alone in the cabin in the woods or maybe he's older and tired he lives in that quiet neighborhood he goes out he does his thing pays attention to stuff but he doesn't really have any friends that's actually kind of real <laughs> not everybody does that but that's what it would be like if you wanted to live that way and not everybody wants to do that because you have families another thing too is going back to the appearance i'll give you an example here i had a guy say hey i'm in a wheelchair i can't go gray And I gave him good explanations and things he could do to make that happen. Another guy said to me, hey, I'm 6'6", 280 pounds. And the closest person in my town, I swear to God, that's close to my height is under six foot tall. I still talked to him, coached him, and told him what he could do in certain environments. There are things that can be challenges. And what you can't think about anything of what they call being gray man is that it's going to work 100% of the time. It's a fluid thing. Every environment changes. Every situation changes. Doesn't mean that it's going to work for you every time, but you can take steps to protect yourself because that's all it really is. It's about assessing threats for security and keeping safe. 
A lot of these things that people do that I'm going to talk about that might sound cool or might sound interesting, you can teach your children to do to help protect themselves. Think about just the active shooter situation. The active shooter comes into the school, which unfortunately has happened in this country too many times. The shots open fire and a lot of the kids are going through the training now. Sometimes some places have some sort of security now. A lot of them are learning about run, hide, fight, which is great for kids because, you know, kid in elementary school isn't going to fight an adult with a gun. Wouldn't it be better if that kid just knew a little bit more about how to plan to escape based on where they were in that school or how to blend in differently or either act differently or act the same as the group to draw less attention to themselves? Now, all this is is a basic intro to the podcast and what I'm going to be doing on YouTube. I will be putting out more podcasts with uh, titles specifically we want to talk about in the show notes. I'll lay out some bullet points of a few things and I will put reference material in there for you who want to look at it. Another thing I'm going to do is make some recommendations to you. And one of the links I'm going to leave down below is for DMR Publications, the Disagreeable Thoughts and Philosophies of DMR Publications. They have a website as well as a podcast by David Robertson, a friend of mine. He talks a lot about world affairs, information you may not think about. He takes different points of views on stuff. He talks about the economy a lot, politics and current events. To the people out there that have sent me messages over the years and have answered my polls and there's been I'm not even sure how my last count was like 52 or 62. I know there's been more than that. I am going to address some of those questions in future podcasts as far as what I've been doing, what I'm going to be doing now. And I'm definitely going to highlight some of those questions and point some of those people out. But a lot of people enjoyed the live panels that I did. I recognize as they did, a lot of those shows are a little bit long. Sometimes they wanted more of what I had to say. A lot of those shows, we get the people on there. We talk different subjects. We do tell jokes and have a good times. So I don't think it's all serious and educational. And do understand too. Before you go to my YouTube channel, quite a bit of that's off color. That's the nice way to put it. Some of that stuff gets out there and it's a bunch of former military guys and we have a good time. And if it offends you, all I can say is if you find me offensive, stop finding me. That's probably the easiest way to do it. Not going to do a lot of this on the podcast, but I will probably do it when I bring those shows up again. I will occasionally do some live shows once we get that going. One of the things you'll notice, too, on the page here where you're listening, it says send a message. If you send a message, I'll get it in email. So if there's something you want to know and you have a question or a specific topic you want to learn more about, or perhaps you just have a scenario or situation, you can send that to me. I will read them. And I will do my best to answer them on a show or perhaps if it's good enough, turn it into a show. I've done that before on YouTube. I definitely would love to do that here. I have uh, several things I'm working on as far as podcasts on what I'm going to do that I've got outlined already. All that does is either give more material or perhaps it takes something on my list and reprioritizes it. So if you're into this and this is what you're interested in, definitely send me those questions and I will answer them and get back to you. 